And now for a look at Ukraine's rich Jewish heritage then and now, brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter based in Toronto. I'm Pavlina, host of Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio, and this week an interview with Pavlo Honka, a world-renowned opera singer of Ukrainian and British extraction. Mr. Honka is the director of a concert to be held at Kiev Opera House on September 29th as part of a commemoration project marking the 75th anniversary of the Babinyar massacre, in which the Nazis murdered some 150,000 people in 1941, including over 30,000 Jews. The commemoration program is being organized by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter. Pavlo Hanko kindly agreed to speak with me via Skype on Tuesday, August 2nd. The 75th anniversary of the Babinyar tragedy will be commemorated in Kiev this fall, late September to be exact. One of the events will be a concert which you are organizing and producing. How did you come to be the orchestrator, so to speak, of this event? I was approached by uh, members of the board of the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter to see whether I could pull together a program, first and foremost. And then I suggested to them that as I had access to pretty well uh, all of the uh, the great uh, musicians of the world, because I, I work with many of them, uh, that maybe we could pull together a, a fantastic cast. And they gave me uh, the opportunity to approach some big orchestras, for example, not just to use Ukrainian strengths. And to cut a long story short, we uh, have engaged the Hamburg Symphony Orchestra to go to Ukraine uh, for the 29th of uh, September, when the concert will be. Together with the soloists, uh, that's uh, Benjamin Butterfield, who's from your neck of the woods. He's from Victoria. And uh, I asked Ben because uh, he sings in Ukrainian so wonderfully. He's part of the Ukrainian Art Song Project. And then uh, there's Gal James. She's uh, Israeli, living in Berlin, to sing. Uh, and then myself as well. Uh, conductor will be Oksana Lenyu. She's a young uh, Ukrainian conductor from Western Ukraine, who is now uh, Deputy Artistic Director at the uh, Bavarian State Opera in, uh, in Munich, in, in Germany. And uh, finally, the uh, Dumka National Chorus, uh, we thought that we'd include one element of uh, Ukraine, a big Ukrainian group, if you like, uh, particularly because I chose uh, as, as the second piece of the concert, Yevhen uh, Stankovich's Kaddish Requiem. The program is, opens up with uh, Max Bruch's Kol Nidrai, which is like an evening prayer at, the, uh, at uh, Yom Kippur, the New Year Jewish prayer, and then it goes into the uh, Kaddish Requiem by Yevhen Stankovich, uh, which is a, a contemporary piece, which tells the story of Babinyan. I chose it because it's not really a requiem. Uh, it's really just a sort of statement of fact, if you like. And then that takes us to the interval, and after the interval is the Brahms Requiem, which is also not really a requiem. It's a spiritual work. Uh, which doesn't really talk about uh, any particular faith, but it talks really about spirituality. So it's sort of a journey from prayer to fact to hope. And uh, I thought that was, so it would be sort of quite appropriate to, uh, to choose that type of program, which sort of, it, it moves into the positive. Yes, well, that's what uh, this this whole commemoration event is all about, isn't it? It's uh, it's to acknowledge and commemorate the past, but there's so much good stuff that's going on in Ukraine right now, in, mm. in particular with uh, Ukrainian Jewish encounter. Um, you've had a long and successful career as an opera singer. 
This project is casting you in a different role, kind of behind the scenes, although you said you will be singing as well. Yeah, well, I've done, uh, on a smaller scale, I've done things like this uh, over ye- over sort of some years in the sense that uh, I founded a, a, a choir in, in England some 15 years ago, and it, it existed for about 15 years. Uh, and basically, we organized various tours all over the world with them. But uh, obviously, this is of a different scale, a different nature. And uh, yeah, it's, but it's just an extension of that, really. Mm-hmm. But it's, a, it's also very interesting because it's sort of it, you get hands on uh, with, with lots of the detail. And, and there's, there's, there's a whole plethora of things that uh, need to be dealt with. Uh, and of course, you're meeting all types of different people. And We've been able to get a great group of people together. But I forgot to mention that this is uh, a, like, rather a different concert because uh, we, when I worked in Berlin at the Berlin Philharmonic with uh, Sir Simon Rattle last year, we did a, a world premiere of a new opera and it was, it was staged in concert form but fully staged by a young lady called uh, Anneheen Kerselman from Amsterdam, a Dutch stage director. And she did. She uh, created in a in minimalistic form a completely different impression of what concert making is, and it saw it 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 reached out to the public so much more directly. And uh, we've invited her to stage this concert, and it really is quite uh, amazing how uh, when you just have a few sort of movements, a few thoughts very minimal, minimalistic thoughts, that the uh, it touches the public so much more uh, directly. So, yeah, we're in the middle of that rehearsal. We've had a rehearsal on that with the with the chorus in Kiev, and uh, we're going next month for another two days. So it should be a really incredible uh, and forgettable concert. Mm, indeed, it sounds like it will be taking place where? It's taking place at the, uh, at the National Opera House of Ukraine in, in, in Kiev, what will you be singing? Uh, well, I'm involved in it as well. <laughs> Apart from producing it, I'm I'm singing in both the Stankovic, uh, where there's a there's a bass part and there's also a narrator's part, uh, and that's performed in Ukrainian. And then in the Brahms Requiem, there's also a part for me there uh, with the uh, soprano with Gal James. You sing. You're a bass baritone yourself. Yes. Yeah. Just for for those uh, listening who don't maybe follow opera, give us a brief overview of your incredible career. You started, you didn't start out to be an opera singer, you started out to be a lawyer. And then, (laughs) (laughs) right? And then you decided to become an opera. How did that all come about? Yeah, well, it's not so unusual. There are not not, not lawyers specifically, but there are people who sort of take change track in their lives. But uh, yeah, I practiced as a lawyer for four years and realized that temperamentally I was, I was not suited to that, type, that job for the rest of my life. Uh, and I was always involved in the art world and I always wanted to sing. And uh, I just had the opportunity one day to, to open the door and, and, and people sort of helped me make the transfer from law into the opera world. And that was now um, 29 years ago. <laughs> Uh, I'm in my 27th season and very fortunate to have been able to work with some of the great conductors and directors of the world. And I'm now, uh, I've already mentioned Simon Rattle. I'm singing with him next year twice. And I've just been singing with Daniel Barenboim 
And yeah, um, I'm I'm going to be singing uh, Wagner's Ring Cycle uh, in two months' time in Denmark, and then I go on to Brussels to sing uh, the Golden Cockerel by Rimsky Korsakov uh, in Russian. So, and then that takes me into the new year when when I'm doing all types of different things as well. Uh, two questions for you, but first of all, um, how many languages do you speak? Well. Um, Fluently, I speak all the language that I sing in. Uh, so it's, I suppose it's seven, but there are also different levels. Because sometimes, for example, I sing in Russian and I speak Russian and I can sing in Russian and I understand Russian, but I don't have the opportunity to practice it as much as I do Ukrainian, for example. But then uh, I sing in German, in French, in Italian, sometimes in English even. Uh, not that often, but uh, yeah, but, and, and in Czech as well. Did you learn the languages as you uh, were studying music then? Well, I was fortunate that before I was a lawyer, one sort of speci- the only specific talent I had at school was, was, was a, an interest of, of, uh, for languages. So I, I ended up studying uh, modern languages at university in Manchester in England. And then uh, I studied at Barcelona University for a year and, and then in Met- at Metz University near Strasbourg in France for a year because I studied French and uh, uh, Spanish uh, literature and language. And that opened the door to other languages. And when I started, a bit, when I started singing, I needed German and Italian, of course, and I just set about <laughs> learning that as soon as possible. And then the Ukrainian opened the door to Russian. So there you are. And, and Czech, I don't really speak Czech, but it's so close to Ukrainian. Right. That, uh, that you can, I mean, just reading it through, you can understand 70% of it. And then the words you can't understand are usually archaic Ukrainian words. So it's, it's really quite straightforward. <laughs> That's funny. So that kind of leads me to my my other question I was going to ask you. And uh, that was, why did you choose opera instead of, say, um, theater or popular music? Well, uh, classical music is is a world where, uh, (laughs) let's put it this way. I, when I was a lawyer, I actually foresaw that I possibly could get to the point where I will, when I will have done most of the things I was aiming to do as a lawyer. But in classical music, that's just quite impossible because every time you come, for example, you come to a, a classical song or a, or a classical opera, it's always different because it, it has so many millions of, uh, of different ways of interpreting uh, uh, music uh, that you, you never arrive, basically, and uh, that's the beauty of it. You're constantly searching, and every performance is a different performance. Classical music talks about many, many shades of feelings uh, beyond for example pop music or or even uh, musicals let's just say you know, maybe uh, folk songs for example they talk about love and they talk about death and but then there's a, a whole gamut of emotions between those two words and classical music it delves into that because it, it basically takes on uh, words which have a myriad of ways of interpreting and the music as well every time you meet a conductor he'll look at a different he'll look at it differently and singers look at it differently so you never really arrive and that's why that's why classical music is so fascinating so you like a challenge obviously absolutely and that's why i never you know i'm constantly learning and uh, i like to do new operas for example um, I don't like to just repeat the same old things all the time, although I do, I do repeat operas sometimes, mm-hmm. 
but for example, the, the golden cockerel is new to me, uh, which I'm doing in uh, the La Monnaie uh, um, uh, Royal Opera House in uh, Brussels, um, in Belgium it, at, at Christmas. And the whole ring cycle by Wagner, I've never done this particular role. I'm playing the sort of the devil's devil, if you like. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and next year, I've been invited to go to sing in Budapest to sing uh, Wagner's uh, Parsifal. And that's particularly interesting because um, I'm doing two roles there, um, all on one night. And uh, it was Wagner's intention that the same singer sang both roles. But it happens very rarely because uh, both roles are very different roles. And sometimes, in, in a way, they are especially demanding for one singer. But it's a great uh, challenge. So you like challenges, and one project that you've been involved with on the Canadian side, since we're uh, talking to you from Canada, I'd like to just kind of throw this into the mix, and that is the Ukraine Art Song Project. And yeah. this is not folk music or popular music. What this is is classical, right? Well, this is an example of classical music. It's, right. uh, it's definitely not folk music. I'm giving you an idea just just now about you know what folk music is. It's beautiful music, of course, and, and you know Ukrainians have lots and lots of folk songs, but they also have a massive repertoire of, of Ukrainian classical songs called art songs in English, and that's basically a very eminent poet and an eminent composer get together and create something which becomes sort of a higher form of art, if you like, because it deals with issues and themes which are not usually dealt with in, in folk songs and the music is is by fantastic composers and sort of it enhances the art form if you like through that it's music which is another stepping stone to showing that ukraine is a, is a really cultured nation without which you know um ukraine will, will, will still be looked on as a as a warlike nation and, and a nation of problems but we also have an incredible classical culture. And it's, uh, it's, it's our hope through the art song. And in fact, through the Babin Yar concert, to show Ukraine in the best light possible. Because the reason why I accepted this invitation to produce this concert was because uh, I saw it as a, a way for Ukrainians to recognize that they're entering adulthood as a nation. Hmm. Every, every uh, adult nation in the world pretty well has got a history which is not so uh, positive, I suppose, in the eyes of, 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 of the world. For example, England, uh, people very frequently forget that, that was, this is the epicenter of the, uh, of the slave trade. And, and the French, with their revolution, tons of atrocities, atrocities there, the Germans, you know, you can go around the whole world and when you meet a civilized nation, always something untoward has, has happened. And in Ukraine, this atrocity took place in 1941, and it, it was uh, instigated by the Nazis, as everybody knows. But uh, obviously, the people were involved. And uh, this is a way of saying, well, we remember, we accept that this happened, and uh, we hope it will never happen again on our territory. And that's for me, was a, a big reason to accept this invitation, because Ukraine needs this type of uh, step to adulthood, it needs the Ukrainian art song. It needs to show that we have over, over 1,500 Ukrainian art songs, that we are second in the world in, when it comes to quantity, and the quality of the songs are just incredible. So, you know, this is all part of building a nation. 
you know, and uh, and giving them an identity which the world will be proud of. You know, people will stand up and listen to this concert on the 29th of September. People already are standing up and listening to the Ukrainian art song project and understanding, this is non-Ukrainians as well, and understanding that, you know, the, there's, there are tons of people in this world who, who actually do create things which are unique, and that's and the Ukrainians as well. Our task is to record them, to make sure that there's a world library and to get it out there to all the people of the world, particularly the young. And we're doing that uh, by getting into the universities, conservatories in Canada and beyond. And, and for example, I've just done a, a, a concert tour of Ukraine, of Ukrainian art songs. I sang in Kiev and in Lviv and gave three masterclasses in Kiev, Lviv and in Ivano-Frankivsk. And it was, uh, it was just an unmitigated success. It was fantastic. It was obvious that the people were just waiting for me to come to, to sort of help them open their souls and for them and to be, have them introduced to Ukrainian classical song. And I'm sure that they will react the same way to this uh, Babinyar concert. Indeed, and that is one thing that um, that I've noticed, and I think anybody that becomes acquainted with Ukrainians notices their great love and knowledge of the classical arts. So thank you again for telling us. You're welcome, Pavlina, and all the rest of your radio station. All right, thank you so much. I was speaking with Pavlo Hunka from London, England. Mr. Hunka will be performing at the concert he is directing in commemoration of the 75th anniversary of Babinyar, on September 29th, 2016, in Kiev. Ukrainian Jewish Heritage is brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, based in Toronto, Ontario. To find out more about their work, visit their website and follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Transcripts and audio files of this and earlier broadcasts of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage are available at their website, ukrainianjewishencounter.org, as well as at the Nasholos website, www.nasholos.com. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.